my name's Caitlin, and today we're talking about big bottles, big money, big alcohol. Oh, big alcohol. Okay, that gave it away. I was like, big bottles? Are we, okay, can I take a stab? I'm Zach. I'm like the co-host. Can I, can I take, are we narrowing it down to any specific type of alcohol or is it general alcohol? General alcohol, big okay. alcohol. Big alcohol. Love it. Love it. Then I'm Zach and I just made a green tea for this. So mm-hmm. I should have, if I would have known ahead of time, I would have like gotten in the mood a little bit. You know? I was gonna, I was, I was like, it's afternoon sometime. He might be <laughs> yeah. like dipping into a cold beer yeah, um, I should've, but I should've. you are sick so but you are yeah. you know hopped up on dayquil so i know i feel all sorts of ways like this is my <laughs> flu game this is like i'm showing up i'm gonna muscle through it but like i i don't know what's about to come out of my mouth it is the filters are gone all right and this is manipulating the masses <laughs> Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. (laughs) All right. Alcohol. Okay. Okay. Flu game, flu game strong. Flu game strong. Let's do it. All right, we're gonna explore how alcohol brands target, represent, and engage women specifically. Mm. Any guesses on why alcohol companies want to target women? Oh, I think um, there's lots of reasons. It's the same reason why, like, bars used to have ladies' nights. Right? Like if you get the ladies in free, everybody else will follow. I think drinking culture is spearheaded by women uh, in its own in its own way. You know? I, I think you're on to something, but let me point you in the right direction. So, okay. you know, this is kind of like, think about all those ads in the 60s. We went through the 60s and the 70s where we, were, we saw cigarette companies, alcohol companies, just over sexualizing women as a whole, Mm -hmm. and then came like the liberation movement. So Mm -hmm. in large, women have more have an increased economic independence, better educated, increased affordability of alcohol. So Mm -hmm. women are taking up space in have buying power, which is what we have I would completely dove, in, with that. dove into in prior podcasts. It's no different in the alcohol industry. So um, alcohol companies are capitalizing on this kind of feminism that we're seeing post 80s. Yeah. Is it kind of like the Old Spice um, analysis that we did recently where it's like 60% of women buy men's body wash? Is it still like they're the ones making the household decisions to choose what alcohol is in the No, it has nothing to do with the household. It's more independent. So how people are individually consumers, not as a household. Um, Yep, we we are three minutes in and I already dug myself a hole. This is going to be a great day, Caitlin. (laughs) This is going to be a great day. All right, yes, I'm with you now. Women and liquor, two things that we might have to tiptoe around, but we'll get there, we'll get through it. Me just instantly defining their buying power based on a household. Nice job, Zach. Off to a hot start. All right, thank you. Yep. Nice job. I'll just direct you, we'll redirect. Every once Thank in a while. Thank you. I, you always got my back. Thank you. So um, the reason I really wanted to dive into this is because recently alcohol abuse prevention organizations, uh, different health bodies and news outlets have all flagged the fact that more women are drinking at unhealthy levels, as well oh. as a rise in female binge drinking and alcohol related deaths, all revolving wow. around women. Um, for nearly a century, women have been closing the gender gap in alcohol consumption, um, binge drinking and alcohol use disorder. So what was previously a three to one ratio for risky drinking habits in men versus women is now closer to a one to one globally. Really? Globally? So, so wow. women are pacing men. Wow. 
yeah interesting is especially globally I globally feel like i thought the same thing yeah like i feel like there's i mean there's so many taboos i mean around alcohol around the world yeah. you yeah. know um i it's that's interesting to me i don't know if this is yeah taboos for sure like especially in asian cultures but you know something i've always thought about since i was 18 years old is like the drinking age in america has been 21 but in european countries it's 18. so i've always felt that european countries have a lot more respect for alcohol because mm -hmm. they kind of grow up with it yeah. um versus americans as soon as we turn 21 we binge we do yes. not know how to treat alcohol we don't know how to drink it um and yeah it, it's a taboo i completely agree now do you think because i've had a lot of these conversations with my friends do you think lowering the the age to 18 in america that that those stupid decisions that 21 year olds will make will just be made earlier like is that is it like we're not getting away from that right but i think it's a whole know. cultural shift i think it's I going agree. to i mean my parents um were pretty not like pretty strict i mean they were like a normal amount of strict <laughs> <laughs> they were... lucky you normal parents caitlin <laughs> shout out my mom who's an avid listener i love you but normal parents caitlin okay normal amount okay. of strictness revolving yeah. partying and alcohol and like you know some parents like kind of they don't they know that kids are going to be kids like you're going to drink as yeah. long as you're safe my parents did not have those conversations with me um they like would prefer to just kind of not know about it in general yeah. um yeah. and and i think like changing the age of alcohol uh, of consumption wouldn't change and so yes to your point they would just be making those stupid decisions earlier earlier um instead of like in italy the whole family starts drinking when they're 12 years old and you learn to appreciate alcohol. And mm. so by the time you are of drinking age, you're not abusing it like we abuse it. And the downsides of alcohol, too. I think that's imp so important to learn. You know, you talked about addiction, you talk about health benefits, but even it, it could be the simplest, like learning what a real hangover is. It's <laughs> a great yeah. deterrent totally. to alcohol. And like the earlier you get that, the the more you you respect it. Although um, real real hangovers don't really happen until your body can no longer handle alcohol which is like Fair in your enough. like late 20s like when Fair you're 18 enough. you're like bounce back in an hour yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think so but also yeah it's they only get worse they only yeah. get worse with time um, um fascinating so just some stats for you the latest u.s data from 2019 shows that women in their teens and early 20s reported drinking and getting drunk at higher rates than their male peers. So what we previously said is that there's a one-to-one -one ratio globally amongst men yeah. and women, but now from women's mouths themselves is they're reporting getting drunk at higher rates than their male peers. Hmm. Um, so Interesting. Just, yep. Um, so are we gonna get into what we credit that or do you have any opinions on why that is being a, sure a do. yourself? Sure yeah. do, a woman who has, <laughs> gotten my drinking privileges revoked <laughs> yes yes i mean whatever you're um, comfortable you know talking about but yes yes absolutely yes i think uh we're yeah. we're definitely gonna get into that and i, I i'm okay. i definitely have a lot to weigh in on that i know so, i forgot to ask you prior to recording and i was like, like oh, how, how much we should talk about yeah 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 i, I wouldn't it's, have it's, chosen this topic had i not been like extremely passionate about it and comfortable with everything okay done <laughs> we're on the same page now cool. i can let loose let the let day quill really take me over now you know like okay i'm in it get I'm that acetaminophen popping <laughs> can't even say that word right now you are on another level than me it's my flu game caitlin acetaminophen I don't know. Um, in 19, so a little bit of history and research on big alcohol. In 1988, alcohol was declared as a group one carcinogen, which is a direct cause of cancer in humans uh, by the World Health Organization, who. Um, oh, yeah, who? Not who? the who, just who. <laughs> just the, who. Not the who. Okay. Uh, recently made famous by COVID. <laughs> you know, they were pretty famous before but okay we'll take covid we'll take covid um so yeah uh group one carcinogen and just for funsies i pulled a couple of other group one carcinogens oh god do you want to take a stab uh smoking yep tobacco 
uh processed foods is that on there yes processed meats processed meats um there's a whole relationship yes (laughs) (laughs) toxic (laughs) uh (laughs) no there's a whole list of them but i just pulled some interesting ones so tobacco yes uh formaldehyde is also a group one carcinogen arsenic is in the same family that makes sense that that tracks that tracks asbestos Mm coal um hepatitis group one carcinogen uh and then opium oh yeah wow the one that surprised me the most is coal like you feel like if it was I mean, just like as that's a government rating, right? Or the World Health Organization rating. Like you think people would be like, yeah, maybe we should move away from coal. I know it's funding this town, but like it's a direct cause of cancer, you know? Like, I don't know. I think people have known that for ages. But nobody acts on it. I feel like it's it's just kind of like people focus on the fossil fuel part of it. Okay, replace everything you're saying with the word alcohol since 1988. People have known this is a group one carcinogen and nobody acts on it. That's, that's so true. That's so true. So he's just buying it. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously research has confirmed the direct link between alcohol and cancer of wow. the breast cancer is a big one, throat and mouth. So everything wow. that like tobacco came down for alcohol yeah. is also known for, which is just wow. crazy to me. Um, and obviously this risk is increased with any amount of alcohol, but it's kind of like the more you drink, the more risk there is, obviously. Um, and this is just like the same story over and over and over again. We saw it with the tobacco companies, how they lied about negative side effects. Exxon knew about climate change, but they lied about that. So it doesn't even surprise us that nobody really knew about this group one carcinogen, um, because alcohol big alcohol and i'm calling it big alcohol i don't even know if that's kind of like layman's it's terms like the, or lobby. the lobby yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 the lobbyist for alcohol mm-hmm. um so it doesn't it shouldn't come as a surprise that this was manipulated by big alcohol Whew. yeah not surprised at all disappointed, so, but not surprised disappointed so um a little bit more on that um bit how does alcohol big alcohol or just like painting a picture of this big alcohol company um (laughs) big alcohol how do they manipulate this type of research well in a couple ways they claim that low to moderate alcohol consumption has a positive effect has a positive impact on health and does this not ring true to you like in every health magazine or like actually not health magazine let's get away from that but like cosmopolitan that i used to read in college it'd be like consuming one glass of red wine is actually really healthy for your heart have you not heard that i i've heard that plenty of times even yeah. like with athletes and stuff like yeah. that so they kind of claim that low to moderate alcohol consumption has a positive impact on your health, even going as far to say that more women's lives are saved by moderate drinking oh, than are lost oh, from alcohol related oh, deaths. Oh, okay. Um, mm, mm, okay. So, okay. Uh, dis- so they're distracting people from the impact of alcohol on cancer risk by referring to other risk factors that people should be more concerned about i.e diabetes or heart disease or whatever and they're just like oh yeah yeah yeah. this is like alcohol doesn't do this you should actually be focused on diabetes so these claims came from a research showing that low level drinking can protect against certain heart conditions and type 2 diabetes but listen to this these studies compared low to moderate drinkers with people who didn't drink at all or what they called abstainers um they found that people who drank at a moderate level had better health afterwards. But these research findings have been disputed for several several reasons. One, many of the people included in the abstainer group had previously been drinkers, but had given up due to underlying health conditions. Uh, so fuck off. So these moderate yeah. drinkers were being compared to people who had already yeah. had pre-existing health conditions. Yeah. And that, what do you think the other big problem here is? The alcohol companies 
funded this research? I was that's what I was gonna jump on with. You like, were who funded this yeah. thing? Like yep. it's gotta be it's gotta be them, right? Yeah. Like they straight up did. Nuts. So obviously this is biased. Um Ooh. used in marketing campaigns to the like. I mean, I've never heard the claim that they save more lives than are killed. That is a bit audacious. Like that is nuts. I haven't heard that direct language used, but I always like, as soon as I read that, I was like, I thought back to all of these magazines that I would read as a 20 year old trying to justify my own drinking habits. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, well, Cosmopolitan said that I can drink four glasses of red wine and I'm actually gonna be a healthier person for it. Oh. <laughs> or like, I've also read a, read somewhere that it was like, Oh yeah, engage in a boozy brunch and then go work out because you you can What? Yeah, I heard that. I mean I read that in a magazine. Like these are all things that stayed with me through my adulthood. So Drunk no Drunk working out sounds awful. Awful. Totally. I get stoned before I work out. That's fun. But no. Drinking? Fuck no. 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 So knowing all of this. And I like you brought it up earlier. It's like I, I forget what example you used already, but why do you think we're willing to turn a blind eye to alcohol? Mm. I think that's a that's a great question, Caitlin. I think for a multitude of reasons. I think there is this kind of allure and romanticism about prohibition back in the day mm, and like you know like the older like like we when alcohol was taken off the streets there's almost this like what a crazy time that was like what like that was just ridiculous so i i do think like there's an element that we've accepted it because in our history our pretty recent history we've tried to take it out before and it didn't work right so i do think there's an acceptance there i also think that um it's just like we're we're bombarded. Our alcohol marketing budgets some of the biggest in the world, mm -hmm. and like they are bombarding you with marketing all the time. I right? think just to piggyback off of all of that, it's like it. I think we trust as humans. We're like too trusting in the governing organizations. So yeah. we haven't really, did you know that alcohol was a group one carcinogen? No, I had no idea. I had no idea. Mm -mm. And so there's kind of this element that we're not being told all of this information and nobody's making noise around it. And yeah. we're overly trusting in the World Health Organization and in the FDA and, and all of these organizations that are supposed to be monitoring what we put into our body. Yeah. We trust True. them to tell us what's right and wrong, but nobody has told us that liquor is a group one carcinogen. Fucking crazy. So I think I think there's an element of us being true too trustworthy and not mm. doing not wanting to seek out the research ourselves. Yeah, I think it's it's the basic human component. You're so right that like if it fits our lifestyle, if we like drinking, whether yeah. it be the social aspect yeah. or the feeling, whatever, like, we're not gonna look up stuff to tell us to stop, right? right like right. we're gonna look to validate that feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, totally. Um, another thing that came to mind was like our got milk episode where yeah. the government pushed milk on us for like yeah. 30 years and told us it was the only way to ingest calcium but it turns out like two tablespoons of basil is the same amount of calcium so it's like it, the, the governing agencies have no they're so self-interested they have oh, their self-interest in mind they are not looking out for you um, but I think you bring up a good point. If like alcohol fits our lifestyle and it makes us feel good about ourselves, why would we try to go seek out a reason to not drink it? Um, the only reason you're going to not drink it is someone, a big campaign, like, a, mm -hmm. you know, the truth campaign for yep. tobacco. Yep. Yep. I also, you brought up an interesting point and I don't think to just tackle on this, I don't think it's the self-interest of the government to give us the best information because they make alcohol tax. Like there's alcohol tax on like yeah. almost every state, like mm -hmm. the government's racking in mm -hmm. money on every alcohol sale. So like, why would they disrupt that massive revenue stream? 
just for the health of their citizens. They got to pay for, you know, Air Force One and shit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think nobody is interested or wants to really explore this deeper. Right. They're content in ignorance. Being fine. Yeah. Just like me. So women's history um, in marketing and alcohol specifically. So traditionally women were represented in alcohol marketing to a lesser extent than men. We reviewed this in one of our older episodes where women were kind of uh, the subject of yeah. a lot of these campaigns and used almost as a prop versus like kind of an empowerment figure. Um, yeah. They were seen as submissive and domestic, serving the needs of others, uh, sexual objects in attempt to gain a greater share of the male market. So that was kind mm. of old, old marketing. And that was traditionally how women were seen in alcohol marketing as well. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, like historically, women who drink have been stigmatized. So back in the 60s, mm. 70s, 80s, women who drank were lacking femininity. Like they yeah. didn't, they were not poised. Yeah. Um, they were seen as sexually promiscuous, out of control and neglectful of traditional roles and virtues. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of getting out of that era, where are we now? Alcohol companies are using empowerment as a form of market segmentation you mean you mean companies are capitalizing on a political movement no i i don't it never I happened don't believe that it never I don't happened believe that i'm just just a quick tangent and i won't put the restaurant on blast there but there's a restaurant near me that they have a hand-painted sign out front of their logo and all of June, it was pride flag themed. And I'm telling you, Caitlin, the first of July came and they had painted over that thing. It was like hand painted. I was like, man, like that is, that's rough, dude. That's We're, rough. We are so conscious of this as a, a, we like to take, we like to think of ourselves as taking the moral high ground a lot of times when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah. We're very aware of it. We're very conscious. Um, and we cover this, we talk about it all the time, rainbow painting, meaning people just like exactly like you said, they slap a rainbow on it and say, yep, we're an ally. But what are you actually doing to be an ally? Same with breast cancer awareness. Yeah, we'll slap a pink. So they call it pink washing. There's rainbow washing and there's green washing, trying to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, you're paying your garment workers 50 cents. Yep. Um, so yes, shocking. Alcohol <laughs> companies are capitalizing on a feminism movement. Oh God. Um, uh, yeah. So how do women specifically view alcohol and like, what is their take on it? So women, mm. um, there's been studies done where women view alcohol as a pleasurable and important aspect of their social lives. Um, oh. And they place value upon sharing and drinking, uh, sharing drinking stories and even hangover stories. So it's oh. not even simply the consumption of alcohol itself. It's kind of the whole package deal, everything that comes with consumption. It means you're seen in a bar, you get to dress up, you get to talk to your friends. Like it's the whole package deal. It's the experience. It's the mm -hmm. experience that women mm -hmm. are viewing as pleasurable. And, and um, Oh, Go ahead. I, like, I will just say the one thing that I saw is, I mean, that stood out to me was like telling the, the drinking stories and hangover stories. I think that's universal, universal. Like, I think, I think every, yeah, I think yeah. everybody kind of chases that you want to like, we love to make people laugh. And if it's a drunken story where you did something stupid, it's, it's going to get a laugh, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think people seek it out to some degree. They want to do crazy, stupid stuff. Right. And yes. they want to have stories to tell about it. So yeah. In your in your twenties, yeah. like that was it, every single story revolved around some sort of drinking antic. Yep. My dad always said, agree. "Don't be the one. Don't be the person at the party with the lampshade on your head." <laughs> yeah, I was I was that person every now and then, but I love attention. Like I, it was more like give me all the attention, everybody. <laughs> like uh, that, it was less about me being hammered. Yep. But doing stupid stuff nonetheless. Um, uh, a lot of times too, alcohol uh, represents popularity for women um, uh, and they use 
alcohol as kind of a justification for stepping out of a traditional feminine role. So Ooh, they're allowed to get a little bit rowdy, you know, at games, they're allowed to cuss, they're allowed, they're, it's kind of given like a hall pass to not yeah. be as put together. Um, oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Carol Emsley, a professor of substance use and misuse, at the School of Health and Life Science at Glasgow University. Who put that on a business card? Ooh, Shout out Glasgow. Okay. Uh, shows how alcohol companies harness the fact that women want to retain their identities as they go through various life changes uh, through the use of alcohol. So what do you mean by, what do you interpret that as? That they want to tap into your younger, free-spiriting self? Is that what it is? Yes. That's why so the... A little bit. So yeah, so um, Carol and her colleagues talked to these women in their 30s and 40s, and they found out that many of these women viewed drinking as a way to show their identity beyond their responsibility in the household or beyond mm. their career, their, their being a woman in midlife. So mm. that is kind of how they retain their identity is by partaking in alcohol ah. and be, being able to consume and the kind of like lifestyle around consumption it's like uh it's like just staying attached to your sense of self while yeah. you'd be yes. yeah very interesting and for I, a I think second it's very true i agree mm -hmm. you're allowed to leave the husband leave the kids leave the work life behind you know it's like you know sex in the city comes to mind where it's like four group yeah. of girlfriends they're always talking to each other at a bar and that is how yeah. they release themselves and have that identity so um, and i also think i mean even like beyond that the, the old trope of like the wine is mommy's time right like it's like uh, even like even having those moments where it's like this is my time yes i'm yes. gonna pour a glass of wine i'm going to sit like it is it is reclaiming that self a little bit and it's yes that's fascinating Good i I didn't, I barely touched the surface on mommy wine time. I think <laughs> that alone deserves its own podcast because <laughs> it's an insane, but not phenomenon, but like the culture around that is 100%. so toxic in itself. It's 100%. allowing women, it's giving them a hall pass to binge drink, Yep. you know? Yep. Um, so I barely touched the surface on that, but we will, we'll, we will get to that. Quoting from Emsley, or we'll just call her Carol because I can't pronounce her last name. <laughs> yeah, she says the first name. In, uh, in the study, quote, <laughs> women felt that they were transformed back to a carefree youth away uh, from their responsibilities. Exactly what uh, you were saying. So does it not translate to men? Do you know if they did a similar study with men? Does that not translate? If I were to put myself in a man's shoes. Oh, okay. Boots on the, my, how the turntables have turned. Okay, let's, let's, see. let's see. Analogy is not your strong point when you're high on day clothes. It's my flu game, Caitlin. <laughs> it's <a> flu game. <laughs> um, I think that men um, are have the grounds to act like themselves in every single role. They never ah. have to be poised. They never have to act a certain way. It's always like yeah. they just show up and they are who they are. But a woman yep. has to act a different way in the workplace, has to act a different way at home, and then gets to act a different way when they're with their girlfriends. That is my gotcha. opinion. Gotcha. I don't know if that's true, maybe men, do have to play these roles but i don't think that they do as severely uh, as women do yeah i think to a much lesser degree than much women. lesser you know yes. there's perfect there's professional zach and then hangout zach like i i you know i know to draw the line but it's not expected of me right i think i think it's just the courteous thing to do so i think to a much far 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 lesser degree men have to do that women it is i can absolutely see what you're saying well, I like that you brought that up because that was my next question to you, actually, just kind of in summary, recapping what we just discussed. It's uh, women tend to construct an identity and display their authentic self through consumption. Do you find that's true with your own drinking practice? Um, do you feel like your identity is somehow tied to consumption? That's a great question. Um, I think to maybe some degree, uh it is it is like 
I've been in advertising for a long time. We've worked in agencies, drinking culture and advertising agencies is something that's swept under the rug pretty significantly, you know? So I do think like being in, in marketing and advertising, it's, you know, like client meetings involve a drink usually. So I do think there is an element of that to me. Um, Can I um, get you going on this for a second? Yeah, yeah, right away. I, um, we touched on this earlier. I quit drinking five years ago. Um, and I joke like my drinking privileges were revoked. I'm just not someone who can drink. Um, and something mm-hmm. that I really had to figure out in the first couple of years is literally how to be an adult without alcohol. And yeah. my whole adulthood was tied to alcohol. That's what you did at sporting events. That's what you did with your friends. That way, that's a way to relax, but it's yep. also a way to feel empowered. It's a way to get lit at the club. It's the way, it's a way <laughs> to do everything, to manipulate your emotions and how you're feeling. And you have to figure out how to relearn that. You have to mm-hmm. relearn how to be an adult mm-hmm. without the use of alcohol. So I think mm-hmm. in a way, our identity is so truly tied to consumption because it, that is the gateway to everything. I agree. I completely agree. You know, having a having a drink after work with a friend or something like that. You don't just go like hang out in the friend's apartment. Just go meet at a bar, right? Like you're so yes. right. I think yes. everything everything is tied around drinking and consumption mm-hmm. of alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I commend you. That it must have been a long road. It had to have been a long road. I mean, the first couple of years are painful because you are not only giving up the substance, but you are trying to figure out like okay, who am I without a party or without a scene, without the use of alcohol as a crutch? Um, And I don't feel like- How to not get yourself, like how to find yourself again. I mean, if your market research is true, right? Like that was, it was tied to your sense of self and your sense of independence. How do you think, if you don't mind me asking, how do you think, how far do you think you've come? Do you feel a lot better or is it still difficult? No, not at all. I bet three years ago, there was just it, it uh, switch flips and you're like, mm. I never need alcohol ever again. Like, I just don't need it. Yeah. So you Good do you. learn how to be a person again. Um, but you have to like also put yourself in all of these circumstances in order to figure it out. You have to go to a sporting event. You have to yep. go to a concert. You have to go to a bar. You have to go to all of these things to figure out like, how do I interact? What are these things to me without alcohol? Yeah. And that yeah. I think is not a question that everybody gets to ask themselves or that allows themselves to be, mm-hmm. to explore, I guess. Yeah. It's like, I've... what what is a concert to me without the use of alcohol? Because back in the day, a concert was just a, a vehicle to get liquor into my mouth. Mm -hmm. just watch some music get some liquor (laughs) like that's what it is yep i'm I'm with you so have you have you like uh, and we we're going down a little tangent but have you found any events that you liked and enjoyed prior but figured out it was just for the drinking is there Mm -hmm. any events that you've kind of relearned to love again even despite the drinking i think there's two well just because i brought them up it's like sporting events i never need to go to another sporting event ever in my (laughs) life like i'm done with it you know, like I tried because it was a way to drink beer and yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, fair, I don't need fair. to bandwagon any more teams. Um, <laughs> but then like music, like I can go to a bar, I can go to a club, I can go dancing, I can go like pool parties are still my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, so there's the, mu- the music element is truly where like, I know I love it because I, that's what it means to me without alcohol. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and then, so rounding our conversation back, do you feel like, what do you think has helped you find your self, sense of self again? If you're, we're saying that women use alcohol to find their sense of self, have you filled like, have you, do you feel like you filled that void or are you still kind of searching for it? I think you figure out. So one thing is like alcohol is a way to feel relaxed. Alcohol mm. is a way to decompress for your, from your day. Alcohol is a way to get lit at the club. Alcohol <laughs> is a way to do all of these things. And then you figure out, okay, how do I actually relax? Yeah. And you figure out, okay, 
it, this is a hard concept to actually talk about. So thanks for putting me on the spot. But yeah, um, and feel free to take a pause and I can cut all this out. But I'm just I'm, I think it's in, in case we have lots of listeners and in case someone's going through a similar, especially women going mm-hmm. through a similar kind of idea that maybe they should give it up. I love that. Like, I think just a little bit of helpful insight is worthwhile, right? You have to figure out why you are using a substance in the first place. Why Mm -hmm. am I relying on alcohol to relax? It's because I have all of these anxieties and all of these stressors around work. Okay, how do we fix those? So Mm -hmm. alcohol is just a a Band-Aid and the real problem is work or the real problem is trauma from your childhood or the real problem is trauma from a relationship and you have to fix those things in order to be okay in order to relax from the day um so i think alcohol is just a band-aid um and i think what your original question was just like are you still seeking out Mm-hmm. What that? Are you having difficulty, I guess, if, if so many women use it as a crutch to identify their self through, are you finding difficulty finding a new avenue or mm, is it finding yourself, finding yourself, Yeah, just kind of like finding, knowing that you're an independent person, right? I mean, yeah. you own a business, so I think that helps, right? Like that helps kind of like self-identifying, you know, I couldn't but... do it without exploring what alcohol did to me though Mm, i had to figure out like what i was numbing from and what i was Mm. Mm self-medicating uh why i was self-medicating in order to push past that and like become your true self i know that sounds like so cliche and so cheesy but like the alcohol to people who abuse alcohol it's a self it's a form of numbing and it's a form of self-medication Yes. Um, and, and so you just need to dig through that trauma and they call it like dusting out the cobwebs. You need to get mm-hmm. d- down and dirty. You need to make your amends. You need to like mm-hmm. go through some shit for the first year in order to like get out on the other side of it and be like, okay, I'm actually not that shitty of a person. It turns out, and I don't need to numb with alcohol. So, yeah, love it. Love so it. Well, just, I'm I so, think it, I'm, address your fears address your trauma head on, figure out why you are drinking, have time to sit with it. Um, And if you are sober curious, DM me. Yeah, by all means. DM us. DM us. I love it, Caitlin. And Mm -hmm. I I do appreciate the little tangent to just, it's a serious issue. I think you let it off with a, a lot of uh, health problems coming our way and a lot of binge drinking. So mm-hmm. it is it is something to take serious. And I know you've been through it. So I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, I, really I, I like that you kind of took us down that road. I wasn't really expecting it. Um, <laughs> but I, I do. I really appreciate that. And I think it is important if people are listening to this, the power of alcohol, like what it mm. the hold that it can have over you without ever realizing that it does have that over you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and to just explore that a little more. So, back to marketing. Oh. Um. So to recap, we've seen a move away from sexualizing women to sell alcohol to men, towards alcohol brands trying to align their products with this feminism movement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, women's empowerment, female friendship, sophistication. Uh, <laughs> Some people say it's straight out of the tobacco industry playbook with slogans such as you've come a long way, baby, in the 60s. The famous Virginia Slim cigarette campaign attempted to cash in on the women's lib movement uh, Uh, of the time, trying to attract female consumers who identified with the movement. So by and large, alcohol is just doing what tobacco has already done. And if it works, if Mm -hmm. it works. Uh, so question to you, if you're an alcohol company and you already know your market and you know, feminism is popping off, uh, and you're trying to make it more female friendly, Zach, what would you do? I would create a seltzer and name it white claw. And then I would, yeah, like I would just create a low carb, low energy fitness first, still get fucked. That's my tagline. Um, I, I just that. came up with that. I just Trademarked. came up with that. 
this is what happens when I just get the filters gone, you know? It just, it, some of them are gems. Uh, many of them aren't, though. Yeah, I think uh, exactly what all of these beer companies are doing, right? They got Corona Seltzer, Bud Light Seltzer, P PBR Seltzer, White Claws, Trulies, High Noons. Like, they're everywhere, right? Like, they're everywhere. All women-centric. It's right. so obvious. Um, you, yeah, and a couple examples is exactly you. Uh, you put out fruit flavored beers, low calorie beverages. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a focus on slimness, weight, pink packaging, glitter, uh, <laughs> messages of sisterhood, all female friendship, motherhood, uh, and also the all time favorite, sexiness. Um, <laughs> messages of empowerment have increased as well as of the celebration of women for example in association with the international women's day valentine's day and even mother's day last year international women's day was the excuse for a liquor store in washington state shout out to washington shout out washington mm -hmm. <laughs> to sell 1000 bottles of wine to women for a penny a piece <laughs> you just got did laugh. they have a cap did they have a cap you just had my jaw on the floor because that like me like five years ago me would have gone in and bought like a dollar I mean, worth of wine and i would have walked out with what is that a hundred dollars hundred bottles hundred bottles of wine um another example is bacardi used the holiday to pr promote a new reduced alcohol line of vodka flavored with peach lemon and cucumber that was billed mm. as the perfect for a spa day spritz <laughs> <laughs> wow you know what if this whole advertising business doesn't work out that was a great voiceover, voiceover. Thank i you. think i think uh that you found your niche like sarcastic i hope so yeah, like women-centric taglines. No, I am that's... available because voice art over artists make quite a bit of money. So I'm available, Bacardi. Yeah, call me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. In 2018, study con a sorry, a 2018 study conducted in New York City found women that found women. <laughs> I butchered mm. this. Let me start over. In 2018, okay. a study was conducted in New York that found women are willing to pay up to 13% more for the same goods as men uh, if they are rebranded to target women specifically. 13% of women will pay more for something that is rebranded to fit a female. Do you feel like that fits you? Like I kind of do. I hate yeah. it. I hate it mm -hmm. because you see like people just slapping pink on something and marketing it towards women. But I'm like, it kind of works on me. I hate to admit it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I've seen, I've seen your decorations in your office. Like, I think, uh, I think uh, <laughs> there's a lot maybe, of like, maybe yeah. you're in that too. Okay, fair enough. Fair I don't enough. buy just any pencil holder. <laughs> I buy pencil holders catered towards females okay <laughs> if it ain't got glitter it's gone it's no gone. i'm just kidding yeah it's not you but yeah i could definitely see that i could definitely see that um and then of course just i told you i would breach the surface of this but like feminized marketing uh popularized concepts like mummy juice uh and wine o'clock and linking them to how busy women navigated anxiety um and then lastly, like women are, and actually this is kind of a, this is where I want to end it um, on this discussion point. Mm -hmm. um, me and my husband were talking about this last night and I told him that I was covering alcohol today. And he was saying, well, do you think women are drinking more than men just because marketing? And I said, no, absolutely not. But I, I think I, and this is open for discussion. So I want to hear your input on this. Yeah. I think women have a lot more responsibilities and have to cater to these roles. Like we were talking about women have yeah. to show up as one person in the home, show up as another person in the office and show up to someone yeah. to, as something else to their friends. Um, and so with that increased responsibility comes increased stress and anxiety. And this is a way that they have self medicated as mm. I was talking about, that was like my crutch was this is what mm -hmm. I use to self-medicate and numb from the everyday stressors because I think the difference is men 
have been taking on these roles of work life you know boy well, time uh, since more the dawn work of- less life yeah like it's like yeah we can pick and choose how much we want to put in each one and women can't really pick and choose there you have to be all in on well, all of them right totally and i think like because this is you know careers and all of that good stuff is like technically a male's role and it hasn't it didn't change up until the 80s really um mm-hmm. men are used to coping in different ways or mm. and they've learned from those experiences whereas women are like okay now i need to show up more than a man because I need Mm -hmm. to show my worth. I need to prove myself in this environment. And so we're putting more energy into it. That's my assumption. Um, I think think you're onto something. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's marketing that is causing women to drink more. I think it's everyday stressors that cause women to drink. And then marketing capitalizes on those stressors. Definitely. It enhances it. I, I I agree with you. And then I think I'm going to add in another point on top of that is I think, you know, I both of us don't like making generalizations, but like this is what marketing is, right? Demographics, things like that. And I do think women on the whole are more social, like your evolutionary is more, your evolution is more social based, right? Like naturally you women gravitate to more social connections mm-hmm. than, than men, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of drinking, as your research said, was it's a social thing right like it's it's a way to connect with friends it's a way to go and then so the fact that women are more inclined to after a long day of work go out and visit some girlfriends or like like i won't do that shit i'm like if a dude had like one of my friends asked me out i'm like yo like it's gotta be (laughs) yep it's gotta be like weekend sunday yeah i'll see ya right like i and it's like i'll have friends that i don't talk to for months and then i'll just be like yo i'm in town all right, cool. Let's do something. You know, I just think women have naturally more of a social minded mindset. Wow. I ran out of steam there, but you see where I'm going. No, I think I I agree with you. We are more social creatures in Mm -hmm. general. Um, so yeah, I think to end it is, you know, marketing is capitalizing on this idea of ending your day with a reward. And that reward is alcohol and they're marketing it as mommy juice or me time or, you know, whatever it is, there's a whole culture that I want to dive into and maybe a different podcast on like this wine culture. I mean, wine culture is insane. Wine clubs are on the rise. Wine clubs like are are boom right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And and just using wine as, as an acceptable way to end your day because you had a hard day, like. Yep, I agree. And I just, I, I'm looking forward to the moment that all of us look at alcohol the same way we look at tobacco now. I'm looking forward to the day being like, oh my God, can you believe that we all just drink all the time? Yeah. 24 I think, hours a day. I, I think it's gonna be similar to those 1950s videos where you see it's like everyone has a cigarette and you're like, what? Yeah, like, so how? cringy. I do think it's trending that way. Hopefully not in my lifetime. Give me some <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> I knew you were mixing that tea. I knew there was some Daniels in that tea. I have not. I'm legitimately sick. It is straight green tea. I would I would come clean at this point if I was like, all right, Caitlin, I've been hiding. No, it is it is straight Dayquil and green tea. Oh man. Um. So I want to end on two fun stats. Hit me. Seventy-one percent of white women became heavy drinkers. Seventy-one <laughs> percent of white women became heavy drinkers at some point in their lives. Forty-seven wow. percent um, of Black women, forty percent of Hispanic women, and thirty-seven percent of Asian women. Wow. Um, women white who girl crazies white its name, girl, huh? Huh? white girl, uh, huh. white girl wasted. Uh, women who consume large amounts of alcohol are at an increased risk of breast cancer. A woman has, this was a little, like these facts didn't, well, let me just read them. A woman has a nine in 100 lifetime risk of getting breast cancer if she doesn't drink. A woman who consumes two drinks per day has a 10 in 100 risk of developing breast cancer. Oh, so an extra percentage point. An extra percentage point, which... 
I don't want to negate that, but I was also like, I was kind of expecting this stat to be more powerful than it was. Well, I mean, when you combine it, like there's 300 million women in America, 1% is what, 30,000? Like that's nothing mm -hmm. to shake a fist at, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a significant amount of people. Mm -hmm. um, but so. also fun fact, I read a story of a liquor company in uh, the UK who did some sort of breast cancer awareness month uh, and, yeah. and they call it pink washing. So they pink washed all of their labels and all of their bands, which yeah. is just like the most ironic thing in the entire world since alcohol is a direct <laughs> contributor to cancer. <laughs> It's like, you might uh, as well, like, it would be the most, it would be as ridiculous as, as if tobacco did that. Like, yep. yeah. Tobacco is um, like sponsoring a 5k, like going to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marlboro 5k, you know, like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Lucky strike. We have some ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just think about it. Get involved in the community. Eh? Um, amazing. Uh, and then a woman who consumes six or more drinks a day has a 13 in 100 risk of breast Ooh. cancer. Yeah, that's where the spike really comes up, huh? Um, mm -hmm. I also pulled some fun uh, brands that have marketed their product to women specifically. Oh, uh, hey. And I will share them on our Facebook group. Oh, but oh, okay. I'll look at the Facebook page. Look at the Facebook page um, and I will send them your way, but I'll just uh, rattle them off really fast. So there's mm. things like uh, <laughs> on Amazon, I found a tampon box that you smuggle liquor in the tampon. And then- Choices. A choice to do that is a choice. That is a choice. Uh, and then a bracelet of diamonds or like faux diamonds. And then you uh, smuggle liquor in the bracelet. I've seen that one. Mm -hmm. You have. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, there's a beer called Chick Beer, like literally just called Chick Beer. <laughs> and it's painted pink and it has like the oh, girl God. boss writing, even oh, worse than God. girl boss writing. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. And then obviously uh, they came down on Rosé all day, uh, which is, oh, Yes Way Rosé is an entire brand of Rosé, Yes Way Rosé. Um, and then the last one I pulled, which was a fun one. Duh. Anything that rhymes gets women so well. You yes know? Way like, Rosé. Mm, rhyme it for me and you'll have my money. Rhyme it for me. <laughs> Actually, that's all I have for you. Anyways, that's fun. It's for I love. I think this is great. I think um, it's very interesting, and I hope it does help us to pause and like analyze uh, how many liquor ads and um, beer ads, alcohol ads that we see on a daily basis. It's. I think that, Everywhere. and I think my intention with this is just to bring awareness to like how toxic alcohol really is. I'm not thinking mm. I'm going to change the landscape of drinking by any means whatsoever. Not going to um, change mine, but I, the information helps me. <laughs> the information, it's better to know, right? It is, like, it it's is. better to know. At least you can uh. go out and be like, I knew I was going to get cancer. So it's really not that bad. Like this doesn't come as a surprise. Yeah. I think I have my next bar conversation with people. I think, you know, just settle up at a bar and just kind of start hitting them with these facts. I'm going to make so many friends. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the way to go. That's the way to make that's friends, to I go. hear. Mm -hmm. I um, but yeah, and, and just the overarching note, like how at liquor companies are kind of hiding this information from us, obviously, just yeah. taking a playbook out of uh, tobacco, really. Yep. So that's yep. all I have for you. So make sure to um, visit the Facebook group, Manipulating the Ma Masses podcast, and will you where you can find all of these different advertisements I'm going to share. And that's it for me.